This is the Bittersweet and Twisted Records podcast with Vince and Bobby. I'm Vince, and I'm still solo on this one. Um, Bobby will be back with us before too long. And I just want to thank everyone who listened to the last episode. It was nice and short and sweet. I think it was like 15 minutes long. Um, this one's going to be a little longer. It's um, kind of like one of our um, Treasures from the Bargain Bin episodes. Um, but there's um, no really cheap records I'm going to be discussing. And it's going to be multiple titles instead of focusing on just two bands and going into their histories. It'll just be um, a little bit of observations and maybe a little bit of bitching. But um, we'll get that in just a moment. For that, I just want to remind everyone, if you haven't, make sure you head to bittersweetandtwistedrecords.com. There you will find links to all the platforms on which you can listen to this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever else it's at. Um, also got a link to our eBay store on there where you can buy um, records and CDs, cassettes, and all that fun stuff. Um, I mean, we accept offers on stuff. Um, just don't send ridiculous offers like think you're going to get like a $20 item for $2. Don't do that because I'm just going to laugh at you and block you. <laughs> I mean, not to be a dick, but don't be a dick in the first place. Um, so we got that on there. We've got a, a shop where we've got um, T-shirts and pillows and blankets and cell phone covers and onesies and all that fun stuff with our um, two different um, bittersweet and twisted logos and they're both pretty pretty cool so yeah let's get in to today's episode So when you're an avid record collector and you visit the same shops over and over, usually after a while, you get to trust their um, grading and pricing that they're, um, they make sense. And then, so after a while, you know, you, you don't even have to look at the record and know they're not screwing you. And there's some shops that will price records for whatever the highest price they're selling online for, regardless of the condition, which is so very annoying. And then sometimes you just have people that just pull these prices, just I don't know where they pull them from. Like yesterday I saw a copy of um, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors in an antique shop for $80. It's like, come on, 80 bucks, come on, come on now. But, um, yeah, so, like I said, there's some shops you can trust, and there's some you can't. So, a couple weeks ago, I was at one shop that's um, closing up. The guy's retiring, so he had everything marked down drastically, and I was like, well, I've got to go to this. And um, I had gotten um, so um, excited at some of the titles to be getting them for 70% off the list price that I forgot to check all the conditions and the prices that were the original prices attached to some of these conditions were 
fucking bullshit. Um, he had them priced like they were mint vinyl. Some of this stuff is not mint. So getting it 70% off eased the disappointment a little bit. So, I mean, a little bit is on him. A little bit's on me because I should have checked closely. You know, I should have. I hadn't been to the shop that many times. I shouldn't have been trusting that he was being honest with the conditions and the pricing. But um, that's me. Um, so let's go. Who? Who? You know, even though I'm here by myself, I still can't fucking talk right. Right. Can't even say right. Right. Um. So the first record I got was um D Dio's Dream Evil. I can't speak at all today. Hold on a sec. Let me get a drink. Okay, let's try that again. So the first record I got was Dio's 1987 album, Dream Evil. It's a U.S. first pressing. Um, it's in, it's in pretty good shape, the cover, but what I didn't notice was that um, side one has a scratch all the way across it and across the label. So when I got home and noticed that, I was like, I'm an idiot. I should have checked. But thankfully, it didn't skip or I would have lost my shit. Because this has been on my want list for quite some time to get it at a decent price. I didn't want to get a reissue, one of the original. So that's Dio Dreamy. And I realize as I'm doing this, this podcast is going to be deathly boring to a lot of people. But, oh well, maybe some people like it. And they'll leave us a good review and start following and subscribing to us on the various platforms. The next one I got was um, the David Johansson Group Live. This originally was a um, promo-only release from 1978. Still in the original shrink. It's in decent shape. I mean, there was a CD reissue of this in the some point in the 90s. I used to have it, but I have no idea what happened to it. Mm, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. If you couldn't hear it, I was burping. But, um... This is a pretty good one. It's only like nine tracks, but what's interesting to me is that David's joined by his former New York Dolls member, Sil Sylvain, on a couple tracks. And the next one I got, it's, an, it's another first pressing of the self-titled Winger album. And people are like, ha, 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 Winger, Stuart, Stuart from... Beavis and Butthead. Fuck off. I mean, you had three accomplished studio musicians plus the drummer from the Dixie Dregs. There's a lot of talent on this record that went, you know what? It's 1980-whatever. Let's make a um, hair metal record and make a bunch of money, which is what they did. And the more recent albums they've done are quite good. A little bit of, Let a little bit of prog influence coming into them because a lot of these guys were in the prog, but you wouldn't know it from this album. Um, I really like this album. I saw Kip Winger live solo about nine, ten years ago, and that dude's fucking head is huge. I mean, not figuratively, literally. It was, like, way too big for his body. But it was one of his solo acoustic shows. And I've seen him, actually, I've seen him twice solo. I actually played at um, Barnes & Noble when he was doing a Barnes & Noble circuit for his um, first solo record. And oh, 
I don't know if I should say this or not, but um, someone, I, a friend of mine, two of her friends apparently um, teamed Kip Winger um, on that Barnes & Noble tour. So, And I don't know if they were of age at the time. So there's that. I was going to say something else about Winger, and I believe... Bring, oh, yeah, one time I found a seal. This is how things have changed. That guy, had, he had it priced at um, 55 bucks. I got it way less than that. But about seven years ago, I found a sealed copy of that in the dollar bins. So shit they used to get so cheap is now fetching a lot more. I think it's because a lot of people have lost their fucking minds when it comes to records. It's like, it's, it's just ridiculous the amount people charge for records. And speaking of overly priced records, the um, self-titled Crimson Glory album on Par Records. They are a um, prog metal band from Florida. Um, this record, I mean, this one, he had this one way pricey. I already had a copy, so but it was so cheap with the discount that I was like, well, shit, it's better I have it than have, better I have two copies than someone else get it. So now I've got two copies of this. I'll probably be putting this one in the eBay store. And it'll be cheaper probably than what he had it listed for originally. Mmm. Oh, and you know the drink. The next one here is another first. Most of these, these are all first pressings. Which is, you know, that's cool. The next one is um, the U.S release of Dawkins Breaking the Chains. I mean, the cover that marks on it, and the and this one really made me mad because the vinyl has all kinds of marks on it. So I'm kind of pissed about that. And this is my second copy of Breaking the Chains, and just like the first copy, this one has the wrong inner sleeve too. I don't know what it... I, now I have to find out what the inner sleeve of this record looks like. Why is... Was it that great that people had to take it out and switch it out? I don't know. But... I think it's a great record. Um, they have really bad hair on the back cover, but it was 1982 or three, whatever fuck it was. And so the next record, oh, we're stepping out of the metal, hair metal, 80s metal thing with um, Spear of Destiny's Grapes of Wrath. This is a UK pressing. This is the band that Kirk Brandon had after his um, post-punk band Theater of Hate broke up. But currently he tours with Theater of Hate and Spirit Destiny. Some of the same members just flip back and forth. And I've seen both current versions and they're both awesome. And later this year, um, oh gosh, I guess it's Theater of, is it Theater of Hate or Spirit Destiny? It's touring of Chameleons in the Mission. I think it's Theater of Hate. But anywho, Safuj, I'll see him again. And this one's, that one's actually in really great shape. So that I didn't feel fucked on that one. And the next record I got, this was actually, I got it for Bobby. Since, as you've listened to the podcast before, you know she's a huge NXS fan. So I picked her up a copy of Shabu Shaba Shuba. Shabu Shuba. And it's, in, it's another one, it's in great shape. Um, I thought it was an okay record. I just thought the two singles, the one thing, and don't change, are the highlights of the album. But uh, that's me. And moving on. We're going to delve back into some hair metal with White Lion's debut, Fight to Survive. Now, this was a repress on Grand Slam Records. What year was this? 
85. The repress had a UPC. The first pressing, I believe, didn't have the UPC on it. Still in the original shrink. So I was super excited. So excited I didn't even pull it out of the sleeve when I bought it. Then when I got it home, I pulled it out and the vinyl's warped. So I was pissed. But, uh, yeah, I think... Um, I think the bass player from Angel actually plays the studio tracks on this, even though James Lomenzo is a member. Hold on, let me look here. Or is that the different drummer that played on it? I'm trying to read the back. Yeah, bass tracks. Felix. Yeah, Felix. Oh, actually, yeah, bass tracks. Felix Robinson and Nicky Capazzo play drums. So. Even though James Menzo and Greg D'Angelo are pictured in the back, they're not on the record. Yeah, but Felix played on Angel, and if you've listened to podcasts before, you know that I love Angel, and they're going on tour this year. Even though it's like only two dudes, the singer Frank and um, guitarist Punky Meadows, they're touring of um, Corky Lang's um, Mountain, which is weird that there's a mountain out there without Leslie West, but it could be good. I don't know. I won't judge it. And not one of those purists that, oh, band has to be all the original members. If it sounds like the band, it's fine. Especially when most of the dudes are dead. You know. I'd rather have a band of different dudes than no dudes. Next up is um, Rock City Angels, Young Man's Blues. This is a promo copy. Now, it, what year was this? 88. Now, there's two versions of this album. There's a, a, a double vinyl, and then there's the single one. This is the single. The double vinyl on side C has like I think like four more songs, and then side D is an extended remix of the track Beyond Babylon, which to me was the highlight of this album. Um, a couple of these dudes look like they should have been in the Georgia Satellites. You know, I'm not a big fan of mullets and goatees, so this one dude really, really, really needed a makeover. Actually, a lot of these dudes need a makeover. I can't believe someone's labeled it and go, uh-uh, mm-mm, nope, no, 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 no. But, yeah, a couple dudes look like they're from Georgia Satellites. They're sound, they're kind of like, they sound like Rolling Stones, but with, uh, um, if you took, like, the Rolling Stones and had, like, Billy Idol fronting them, that's what it sounds like. I think it's a pretty cool record, and Johnny Depp co-wrote a track on it. So that's that. And I only got three more, and then this episode will be over. Maybe we'll top out, like, 20 minutes on this one. Five minutes longer than the last episode. Next one I got was um, Cheech and Chong's Big Bamboo. It's The cover is, it's quite honestly, in shit shape. The vinyl's okay. But the reason I got it is because if you know this album, inside it had oversized rolling papers. And most of the time the rolling paper's gone. And I found one of these a few years ago. It was still sealed at Goodwill for like a dollar. And I sold that for like 50 bucks. But this one, as shit as the cover is, it's got a price tag hanging off of it that I can't get off. I should try again. Any Fuge, it's got the rolling papers in it. So this will be in the eBay store. So if you like Chin Chin Chong and you have Big Bamboo and you're like, well, fuck, I need the rolling paper, it'll be up at some point. I just don't know when because I have a whole snack of stuff to get to before it. <clears throat> Next is Mark Edwards, Code of Honor. This was an EP released in 1985 on Metal Blade Records, distributed by Enigma Records. And again, if you know me, I am obsessed with listening to stuff that Enigma released. They did mostly like um, ugh, punk, alternative, and metal stuff. And they put out some great stuff. 
they did like early they did like poison xyz and agent orange did did uh, some rocky erickson a whole bu- bunch of stuff and they did some complete shit that i won't mention because you know everyone's fun is different but um so on mark edwards code of honor mark was the drummer for this um 80s band um lion which also had um Doug Aldridge in it, who went on to join Hurricane and Dio and White Snake. Now he plays with the Dead Daisies. But there were some pretty cool people on this one. These four songs. It, it's an instrumental album. You got Greg Bissonette from um, on drums from David Lee Roth band, Tim Bogart, Claude Chanel from Dio. It's pretty cool. I mean, I didn't listen to it. I think the lineup's cool, so part of me doesn't want to listen to it in case the album really sucks. Um, I just noticed on the back cover that. This dude's really skinny, but he's got a bulge in his pants. So it's really funny that it's like focused right dead center on the back. So if you like Mark Edwards, go check out his dick. Um, and lastly is Helix Walking the Razor's Edge, Canadian band. What year did this come out? 85, 84, 86? I don't know, somewhere mid 80s. Not a fan. I mean, they might be good dudes, I don't know. I'm just not a fan. And their costumes really scream 1985 on the back. So, I don't know. It might be a good record. It's in, it's in pretty good shape, but I won't be listening to it because I've never liked their stuff before. So, that is it. That's a little bit of rambling. Um, I don't know what the purpose of that was. I mean, I guess it was just me halfway bragging, I guess, about getting some um, some good records at a good price and some records that I hope are good that I haven't listened to. Um, but some of that is for the collection. Some of it will be in the eBay store in the next month or so, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I always make these promises on the podcast that, oh, this will be up by this time, and it never is. Like, it took us months to get the, our second merch design up, so um, I try to make promises on that stuff, but while this is going on, I have been working on the um, four-part super special podcast, which will probably be in start in April. I don't, I'm it's taken way longer to put together than I had anticipated, so that will probably be in April. Um, I'm not going to announce what the subject matter is until it's time. Um, some of you people will probably be like, oh, that's cool, and some of you will be like. Who the fuck's that? I've never heard of them. Well, if you never heard of them, then you should listen and learn. Um, so yeah, before I get rambling too much, this is the end of the episode. Um, hopefully, Bobby will be with us on the next one. If not, I'll just do another rambling solo one for 15, 20 minutes. Um, don't forget to hit up bittersweetandtwistedrecords.com. You can send us feedback on the email. It's bittersweetandtwistedrecords at gmail.com um, make sure you like and follow us on social media check out the ebay store so you can buy some stuff got some stuff on there super cheap I mean there's some stuff on there for $1.99 and I don't I we we don't charge outrageous shipping prices we charge actual shipping cost I know a lot of people They'll charge you like five bucks or six dollars to send you a CD media mail when it costs them three nineteen. We don't do that. We don't make any extra money off shipping. Um, I can't stand when people do that. 
So that's that about the eBay store. Yeah, like I said, we got some stuff up for $1.99. There's some pricier stuff on there, and that's because it's rarer stuff. I'm not being a greedy dick. It's just that some items are harder to find. They, <clears throat> they bring in a higher amount. And if something's worth 100 bucks, I'm not going to sell it to you for 5 I mean, it's capitalism, man. That, and I got bills to pay. Um, so, yeah, check out all that stuff. Um, and hopefully we'll see you next time. Later. Later.